Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. You guys are pumped up. It's amazing. Yeah, listen, you were, you were singing. I'm telling you, you guys are awesome. I'm t- I was sitting back there listening to you sing, and it was just amazing me. I was like, wow. I almost ran out here and had to join you. <clears throat> Would you do me a favor? Reach inside of your program and pull out a card that looks just like this. This is called our Connection Card. And again, uh, if you're new here at SEC, you can feel free to fill this out because we're not going to... Uh, we're not going to come to your house. We have a no-hassle policy here, so please uh, fill this out, uh, everyone. And keep it out because we're going to use it uh, in our services as well. It is good to see you today. You look good, all the good-looking people here today. Yeah, just go ahead and tell your neighbor he's talking about me. Yeah, just, yeah I'm talking about you. That's right. It's good to see you. I want to get. Uh, I want to dive in uh, this morning um, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but when you're watching television, uh, you begin to, you know, they, you see people are these t- commercials about uh, medication, <clears throat> and you listen to the side effects. Does that sort of freak you out or what? You're like, I don't even, listen, first of all, when they start telling you side of, uh, about, if, do you suffer from this, all of a sudden I'm like, well, maybe I got that, and I got, I don't know. <laughs> And then, then they go to talking about side effects of the medication, like, no, I'll just die, you know? <laughs> it's, it's amazing, the, the, the side effects uh, that, that you hear about. And, you know, and, and like when I go to the doctor like you, I, I'm, I like, you know, I'll, I'll look at the side effects of the medication and, 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 and size that up. And, and, you know, some of those side effects, is, you know, I can handle, but some I can't. And like, you know, when they talk about, okay, you might get itchy throat, I'm like, all right, well, that's okay. Then they start talking about you might break out in hives and all this. I'm like, I don't know about that. Then rectal explosions or, I don't know, something of that caliber. Death, you know, I don't know. I'm like, heck no. I'll just die, you know. My, uh, my stepmother was hospitalized about three months ago, and... Um, she, we thought she had had a heart attack, uh, so they took her to the hospital, and and they, the first um, thoughts were that it was a it was a heart attack. But they, after they did a little more in depth testing and so forth, they determined that it wasn't a heart attack, that it was a side effect. She was taking some medication for a, a urinary tract infection, and and the medication caused her to have these symptoms. But what we didn't know is that while she was in the hospital, she had a scan, uh, of course, of her chest, and they determined that uh, she had lesions on her lungs. And yes, and so uh, my sister, who is an x-ray tech, was with her, and she texted us, and she says they have found uh, lesions on uh, my mom's uh, lungs and said, I'm, I'm scared. And uh, she said, matter of fact, I'm crying. And so the doctors come in right after that and said, listen, we know that we told you there's lesion on her lungs, and, and there is, but it's not cancer. It is because of that medication that she was taking that has built up these little pockets of fluid on her lungs. And so the, med- the side effect of those medications have done, has just about killed her. And uh, so it's taken her three months to get over that, and, and finally she's just about over that. 
And the reason I talk about side effects today because there's more, you know, medication can cause side effects, but there's something that I think is greater tool that called this side effect, side effects. And uh, matter of fact, I want to put it up on the screen and you say it with me out loud. You ready? Come on, let's say it. My words have, oh boy, would you agree with that? Side effects, side effects sometimes, you know, they don't always have to be bad. Sometimes they can be good. And what I want you to know is that your words and my words, when we use words, they have side effects. It's affecting someone, some way. They all do. And so today I want to talk to you about a topic that I know when I, when I announce this topic, you'll go, oh, I wish they was here today. Oh, they missed a day. I wish they would have been here. And the topic is, the title is, Managing my mouth. See, didn't your mind go to somebody else already? Like, boy, I wish they would have been here. If I could have got my husband to come today, just only today, you know? You know, so you're probably thinking that. But managing my mouth, and as we talk about this, I want to tell you because our words, again, my words have side effects. I want to go over beginning with about three side effects that I, that, we have now it's not what i think i want to tell you today i'm not going to give you what i think i'm going to give you what the bible says and we're doing this series out of the book of james which is jesus's brother okay and the reason we're doing this is because james just get he gets practical i mean this is like you know this is stuff you put into practice and and i'm going to be honest with you he just gets right close to us uh with this topic today so I want to talk to you about the side effects so let's get started the first side effect of my words is this you ready would you write this down my words give direction to my life. My words give direction to my life. <clears throat> James picks this up. Look at the message paraphrase. He says, A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets the course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth or out of my mouth may seem of no account harmless, but it can accomplish nearly what? Anything, or it what? Destroy it. So either it's going to, it's going to do something great or it's going to hurt, so it's side effects from your words. Now, I, this passage, when it, you know, I don't know how you read the Bible, but when he starts talking about that, about the horse, I don't know about you, but my mind goes to the, like the Kentucky Derby. I know nothing about horse racing, okay, or riding a horse. All I know is every time I get on a horse, it wants to run. And I don't know how to, I don't know how to, to bounce. I don't know, because I go, bam, 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 you know, and I'm like, stop! Okay, that was a little dramatic. It's like a little girl screaming on the horse, stop! But all I see is I see the picture of this um, 2,000, 3,000 pound horse, and I see this little bitty jockey on the back, weighs maybe 90 pounds, I don't know, on the back, and he's controlling this, this massive animal, this just beast of an animal, with a little bitty bit in its mouth. And then, you know, he gives the example of a ship, and I, how many of you have ever been on a cruise? Anybody ever been on a cruise or seen a cruise ship? Yeah, a lot of us. And I remember walking up to the first time I ever saw a cruise ship, and I'm like, wow, that's a city. They're about the, about the length of two or three football fields. And, and just to think that, that that ship is controlled, even in the most difficult of waters or winds, that that ship is controlled by a small rudder. It controls that big ship. 
And you know, the, the Bible says, and James is saying here that, listen, your words control your life. We say it this way at SEC, my words are the steering wheel to my life. It, it sets the course, it sets the direction. My words do that. And words are powerful. Would you not agree with that? Words are powerful. You know, again, in creation, when you start in the Bible and you just open up the very first book in Genesis, it's where it's pretty exciting. I mean, God begins to create everything. The Bible says he creates the heavens, the earth. And how does he do that? The Bible says he spoke and said, let there be light. And there was light. God created this world that we see how, in all of its beauty that it is and, and, and how the complexities of the world and the solar system, just by speaking the words, he created the world. Here's the question I have for you. What is your world? What are, what are your words creating? What kind of world are you creating with your words? Is it one of beauty? Is it one of, of joy and of peace because of what you're speaking? Or is it one of chaos? And that's a question that you and I have to answer if our life is going to get better. If we want this opportunity for a better life, we've got to say, okay, my words are the steering wheel of my life. So it's side effects. The, the second side effect of my words is number two. Would you write this down? My words can destroy what I have. Oh, boy. This is getting too close to home. My words can destroy, destroy what I have. Look again. James says this. He says, consider a great force set on fire by a small what? A small spark. The tongue is also a what? A fire. I got fire. You got fire. Okay, never mind. A world of evil among, uh, of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of their life. Notice that on fire and it is itself is set on fire by what man i mean this guy is serious isn't he like whoa james is like he's like i'm trying to tell you this this thing's rough that tongue can get you in trouble and so the the bottom line is that your tongue has a potential to destroy your career it has a potential to destroy your family it has a potential to destroy a church it has the potential to destroy someone's reputation. And so what he's saying is that we have to be very careful. Now, this is what he compares it to. Like, fire and words are similar. Fire and words that are controlled can give warmth and light. I mean, it can make you feel good. How many of you have ever, like, you just, like, man, been in, like, at your ends with, and somebody come in and says something to you that just changed everything and made, like, okay, it's going to be all right. Anybody ever have someone do that to you, just speak something good? Man, I feel sorry for you guys. You've never had that. About 10 people here today. Okay, we're on a bad example. So, you know, it, it's those words that make you feel warmth and life. Now, again, fire and words have the same uh, kind of contact or, or same effect as well. Is because if you take that fire, like in a home that's in a fireplace, it can provide that warmth. You know, words that are kind in a home can provide that warmth and life. But, but that same fire, if it gets out of that fireplace, out of control, then it, can, then it can burn the house down. And the same thing with your words is that if they get out of control, it can burn down everything that you've, you've given, you know, you've, you've uh, have built. It can burn it down just like it can burn down a house. And so we have to be very, very careful. Have you ever met what I would call a verbal arsonist? 
Somebody that just uses their tongue to just tear, burn everything up that was good. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, here, everything's going good. At Thanksgiving, you're sitting around the table. Everybody's having a good time. And then somebody lets that fire go, that verbal arsonist just starts something, right? They say the wrong thing. You're like, no! And it's on, right? And so we have to be very, very careful. Now, notice that the last part of that verse that he said, James says this. He says, uh, he said it's set on, it is set on fire by hell. What did, what did he mean right there, set on fire by hell? He means this. He means that it, it has a chain reaction. And, and let me just say this. Some people say things and they'll say, well, I'm just telling the truth. <laughs> I'm just telling the truth. Well, let me, let me just say this to you. Listen. If you're telling the truth and you do it in the wrong spirit at the wrong time, it doesn't matter if it's truth or not. You just set the room on fire, right? Okay. And so James is saying your words have a chain reaction. And so uh, it's like a fire. In 2016, we saw a great devastating fire in the Smoky Mountains. Uh, in, in like Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, Gatlinburg. It was a great fire. As a matter of fact, it was the worst fire in 60 years uh, in uh, in the east, and it was so it, it was so bad, and it, it was started by two guys, just just two teenage boys, just goofing off, and they accidentally set a fire, and it had been very very dry in 2016, and you may remember seeing it on the news, and it was just burning it up. Over 20,000 acres were consumed, but but that fire, what started as a little spark, it became a chain reaction. You know, no one could have ever that spark wouldn't have been so bad, but it was so dry. And the winds just happened to be blowing about 80 miles an hour that day. It was, un it was very rare, but the wind was gusting, and it was blowing sparks all over the, the, the mountains there, and it began to catch more and more uh, mountains on fire to the result of 14 people died, got killed. 134 were wounded, and hundreds of homes were torched because of one little incident. It was a chain reaction. Rhonda and I, actually, our family had already rented a cabin that year to go up after Christmas. And uh, fortunately, the cabin that we was in was not consumed with the fire. But when we drove up the little mountain to go to our cabin, we saw all these cabins that had been torched and burned to the ground and houses had been burned to the ground. And even when we got to ours on top of the mountain, it was amazing. The fire just went right around that one cabin and, cons and consumed the others. It was amazing. And so the Bible says we have to be careful. Our words have a, can set off a chain reaction. It can be bad. And that's why I love Proverbs 21 and 23. Look what it says. He says this. Listen, this is short, so let's just read it together. Ready? Come on. If you... I didn't want to read that for you. Let's read it again. You ready? Come on. If you want to stay out of trouble, be careful what you... Amen. Right? I'm in agreement with that. And so let's move to the, th the third thing of this. Remember what I said? My words have side effects. Let's say that together. You ready? Come on. My words have side effects. I hope that you'll remember that forever. So the third side effect of my words is this. Number three, would you write this down? Is my words display who I am. My words display who I am. So basically what he said, James says is our, our words reveal our character. Here he goes. Look what he says. 
He says, sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessings and cursings come pouring out of the same mouth. Now, would you read what's underlined? The rest of this is underlined. Let's read it. Ready? Come on. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not, this is not right. It's not right. Now, I want, I, want to, I want to clear up something here. When you see the word cursing there, we tend to think of the word cussing, like, you know, using language that we should have used. But really, it's cursing, like putting a curse on someone. So it's not profanity. It's actually putting a curse on someone. What, what would you, what, like this, you would say something. I want you to know that you're, nev- you're never going to amount to anything. You're, you're good for nothing. Or we could say it this way. You are just like, don't you fill in that blank? In the first service, some people started saying, like your mother. I like, shut up. Don't call the fight right here in the church. You see what I'm talking about? So, so when, we, when we label people and we tell them that, it's like this. It's like when you do that, the Bible says it's like putting a weight on that person. <clears throat> now, it's like something they got to carry around the rest of their life. You know, uh, we, we got a lady in our office now that's expecting a child, and, and she's due in November. And I, I've watched her as the baby has grown with this pregnancy. I've watched her waddle around, <clears throat> you know, and, 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 you know, sort of struggle with it. And she's saying now, oh, my, she's like, oh, my Lord, I'm really glad when this child gets here. It's wearing me out. But carrying the, the extra weight of, of the pregnancy is, is difficult. And I want to tell you, when you and I begin to label things and say things to people, we put a weight on them, and we, we, when we say those things, that they carry the rest of their lives until they get free from it, only through Jesus Christ. And some of you sitting in this room right now, somebody told you you never amount to anything, somebody told you you never be anything, and many of you right now are wrestling with those kind of comments that's on you. They put a weight on you. I tell you right now, take the weight off in the name of Jesus that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. And they were a liar. Amen? Amen. Just because somebody said something about you doesn't make it you, right? That's right. People can say all kinds of things. So take that weight off. Most people don't have that freedom like you and I are learning. See, they don't have this great teaching like you. And so they keep carrying that weight on them. James goes on and says this. He says in verse 11 and 12, Does a spring of water bubble out with fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. So James is like common sense here. What he's saying is the point is, is this, is that whatever is in the well is going to come out in the water. Whatever's in the well is going to come out in the water. What he was saying was, what's inside of you is going to come out of you, especially when you pushed. Look what the next verse says. Jesus said this in Matthew 12 and 34. For out of the overflow of the what? The mouth what? And so, so see, some of us, we know how to be nice until we're pushed, right? But when you push, what's inside of you is going to come out of you. It's like this like this bottle I have right here. It's containing water. Look, the water is contained. Oh, isn't that nice? That's just so nice. The water is contained, right? But what happens when I push the water? The bottle. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We got a fight going on now, don't we? Oh, no. Uh, heck, 
Heck no, you didn't say that. Oh no. See what I'm talking about? The moment I push, it's coming out. And so what James is saying here is you've got to make sure it's good in here so that when you push, it comes out. Because whatever's in here, when you push, it's coming out, right? In the first service, I gave the people in the front row a bath, so I redirected that, all right? Yeah. And matter of fact, when I grew up in the church, the pastor would give you a bath, so you had to, couldn't sit on the front. And so what I want you to do today is I want you to diagnose your heart. Okay, what's you, you and I got to know what's in my heart, okay? So I'm going to give you a diagnosis. Here's the, I'm gonna, what I'm about to share with you is, is so cool because it's going to help you diagnose your heart. Now, what I want to tell you is this. Listen, what I'm about to tell you is that this is for you to diagnose your heart. Do not diagnose the person's heart beside you. Today is not the time to throw shade. Okay, I felt cool for a moment because one of the teenagers told me that. All right. So when I finish giving you this, it's going to come up on the screen, but when I finish giving you this, you're going to want to take your phones out, and when I finish, you're going to want to take a picture of it so you can use this thing to diagnose your heart, not everybody else's, your heart, okay, even after we're done today. So here we go. Diagnosing my heart. Here we go. The first thing is this. A harsh tongue has an, is an angry heart. A harsh tongue is an angry heart. A person with a negative tongue has a fearful heart. A person with an overactive tongue. A person with an overactive tongue. Overactive tongue. (laughs) Has an unsettled heart. A person with a boasting tongue has an insecure heart heart. Oh, you know, when they got to brag about themselves all the time, you know, it's insecurity. Okay? The person with a filthy tongue has a impure heart. A person with a critical tongue has a bitter heart. And now let's go to the positive side. A person with an encouraging tongue has a happy heart. And a person with a gentle tongue that has a gentle tongue has a loving heart, and a person with a truthful tongue has an honest heart. Okay, so everybody take out your phones right now, take a picture of that, because you're going to want to use that to diagnose yourself. Now listen, you can post this on Facebook and say, do a diagnosis, okay? But don't, don't not, do not send this to your, to your mother-in-law and circle one. <laughs> do not do that. I got the feeling that somebody's going to do it. And I'm telling you, it's going to get you in trouble. Don't do that. <clears throat> All right? Everybody get your picture? All right. So let's talk about the cure. What is the cure? Well, I'd like to give you three things that are cured. Why, what are we saying? What are we, why are we saying this? Here's what we're saying. My words have what? Man, I have told you guys that three times. And you... <laughs> let's try it one thing. Ready? My words have side effects. That's right. My words have side effects, like medication has side effects. So let's talk about the cure. You ready? Letter A. Get a new heart. Get a new heart. Here he goes. Look what the Bible says. Anyone who belongs to Christ is a what? New person. The past is forgotten and everything is new. And what I want to tell you right here is this. 
is that he's talking about breaking generational curses, family curses. Why? Why would I say that? Because this is it. Is that when Jesus comes in you, you begin to see things differently, and then you'll begin to say things differently. You'll never say things differently until you see them differently. So that means that you must be born again in order to see it differently. It's a generational curse. You've got to be born again. Why? So what is a generational curse? It is nothing but a negative attitude that's been, this has been deposited into you for a long time. Now, listen. <clears throat> in my family, my family has used vulgar language forever. Generations. I mean, matter of fact, I don't know that my first words were dada or mama. I have no, matter of fact, I thought that my name was a curse word for a long time. I'm just telling you that's the way that my family was. And so naturally, I had, I had, a, I had vulgar language. I mean, that's the way it was because that's what was normal because it's part of my family curse. Then when I was in high school, I became a follower of Jesus Christ. I become born again. You know what that means? That means that I become part of another family, the family of God. And then because of his spirit and because he's better, I learned about that, all right? Now watch this. So I become a Christian when I was in high school. So I go back to, you know, it was on summer break when I become a Christian. I go back to school and uh, one of my friends is there. His name is David Doster. He's redheaded. He's six foot six. He weighs 270 pounds. Now you say, Jeff, why do you have such big friends? Because when you're a little person with a big mouth, you need big friends. <laughs> okay? And so I've had the problem with this my whole life. And so we're about the second week or third week in the, in the school, and we have homeroom together. And he says, Jeff, what's wrong with you? I said, what do you mean? There's nothing wrong with me. I'm, I'm good. He said, oh, no, there's something wrong with you. You ain't cussing. Something's wrong with you. You ain't cussing. And I shared with him at that moment that I had been born again. That Jesus Christ had come into my life and born again. And that family curse that I'd had over my life, he broke it. Because my heart become his heart. And I want to tell you something. Listen. Did I, was that a struggle for me? You better believe it. And I know sometimes in, the, in, in service, sometimes I can say words that are curse words. You know, and I, 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 but the only time that I say curse words is in front of you. <laughs> I probably, I mean, that's it. I never, I never use any kind of language. My kids will tell you, anybody, I don't use that kind of language. Now, does it come to my mind? Yes. But I don't use it unless I'm in front of you. And when I do that, Rhonda scolds me very severely, you know, like, because what I'm trying to do is reach into your world and say, you know, this is your world. And, uh, and so, you know, I just want you to know that I don't use that kind of language, but it was part of my past. And I want to tell you, Jesus Christ breaks those kind of curses, and we have to ask him to do that. And so today, I want to ask you today that you need, you need Jesus in your life. And, and he's the only one that can help you get better with what everybody else in your family's problem is. You can never get over it by yourself. Drug addiction, whatever it is. You know, spending, whatever it is. Doesn't matter. Financial, you know, struggles, Jesus Christ helps you with that. So we have a prayer inside of our program. It's called the Prayer to Become a Christ Follower. I want you, it's inside of your program. Why don't you read that and pray? Because that's why you come today. 
You had, you, you had, you're like, I don't know why I'm here. I'm telling you, you're here so you can get over it. And if you could get over it by yourself, you'd already be over it. You need Jesus' help, and, and he's here to help you. So what I ask you to do is just check the back of this card. It says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower so that we can pray for you. All right. Okay, look at letter B. Letter B is this, is ask God for help every day. That's the second cure. Ask God for help every day. Look at this verse with me. Psalms 141 and 3. Now, I want to tell you something. I've read this, I've read this book through many, many times. I've read the Bible from cover to cover many, many times. But I missed a verse. I never saw this verse until I was studying this week. Psalms 141 and 1, look what it says. Let's read it. It's short. You ready? Come on. Set a guard over my mouth. O Lord, keep watch over the doors of my... When I read that, I said, Lord, I know you're speaking to me. This ain't about you. It, wasn't, it, was, it was me and God at that moment. So I went and got a three by five card, just like it's in your program right now. I went and I wrote, I wrote this verse out. I just wrote it out. And I stuck it in my mirror. It's in my bathroom mirror in that corner of that little frame. That I have on, it stuck right there. And every day, I have, since I discovered this verse this week, I've quoted this verse. I've read it over and over now. I've made it my prayer because I want God to help me get better. And in order for me to get better, I've got to change my words, right? And so do you because of the steering wheel of my life. And so I want to challenge you. Write that verse down on this card. Put it somewhere where you can see it every day. And some of you, listen, some of you, you need to see it about 15 times a day, don't you? I mean, because it just gets the best of you. And so write it down and put it there. So I have this challenge for you on the back of your connection card. It says, my next step, I will do my best to pray Psalms 141 and 3 daily. Would you check that box? Just make it a challenge. God, I'll do this. Every day I'll put this there and make it a prayer. Okay, letter C. Remember what we said? My words have what? Let's try it again. My words have what? Side effects. That's right. Letter C. Your mother told you this one. I just wrote down what she said, and that is think before you speak. Think before you speak. <clears throat> now notice this. We must learn to, you must open your mind before you open your mouth. Woo! Open your mind before you open your mouth. Here we go. James 1 and 19, look. He says, everyone should be quick to what? Okay, you know what that means is this. That means that when someone says something to you that's about to get, look, it's about to, oh boy, here we, it's on now. You know what I'm talking about. You're going to see that the next time somebody's coming with their fire, that arsonist coming, you're about to respond. Before you respond, do this. Ask, can I have a minute to think about what I want to say back to you? Can, can I have an hour just to think about what I want to say back to you? Matter of fact, if it's real bad, say, listen, You've had a week to think about what you want to say to me, or you've had longer. Can I have 24 hours to think, what I, to think about what I want to say back to you? Because if I say what I'm thinking right now, it's going to be bad. And give yourself some time to think. You know, before you respond to anything on social media, don't you think you ought to think? Well, it's amazing how our fingers have no brains. Right? Here's what I'll tell you. Watch this. I can spend a minute thinking about what I, how I want, what I want to say today, or I can spend all day tomorrow apologizing for what I said yesterday. 
Now, what do you want to do? Take a few minutes. That's what he's saying. Listen, then he goes on and says this, and be slow to speak. That means quit trying to fix everybody's problems. Just listen. Listen, God did not put you on this earth to fix everybody. You can't fix everybody. Sometimes you've got to just listen and say, man, I'll pray for you. And that's good enough. Just let it go with that. Because if you're like me, you're going to put your foot in your mouth and, and what you meant for good is going to turn into bad if, you're not, if you don't think about what you say. And you need time to do that. Then he goes on to say, and slow to become angry. So basically he says, when you listen more and you speak less, you're going to be a lot less angry. It's going to solve your anger issue. Right there it is. Look at the next verse. Proverbs 12 and 18, it says this, Thoughtless words can wound as deeply as any sword, but wisely spoken words can what? Can heal. That's exactly right. Here's it. Here's, listen, this is the bottom line. Remember, my words have what? My words have side effects. Your words are either going to heal or they're going to wound. The question is, which one will you choose? And it is a choice. And the thing is, is that you want to make sure what's in here is good so that so then when it happens, when the automatic response happens, somebody pushes you. When that happens, the right thing comes out. And most of the time for me, the right thing when I'm being pushed, it comes out and says, hey, I need a minute. That's the right thing. Now, <clears throat> you receive the cup when you come in. We're about to receive Holy Communion. And before we do this, I want to talk to you. This is about, I call this the meal that heals. And the reason that I'm doing communion with you is because as I prayed for you this week, I feel like that many of you in this room need healing. There's some stuff that's been spoken over you that's a weight that needs to be broken. There's some depression that you have going on that needs to be broken. There's some physical ailment. There's some of you that are sick in your body or your family is sick in your body and you just need God to heal you. There's some mental illness in your family that someone's struggling with. God can heal that. This is the meal that heals. It heals all kinds of issues. Let me tell you about an issue that I saw it heal. Before Jesus died... You know, the last week of a person's life is pretty important. And so the last week of Jesus' life, he says what's important. So he calls his disciples together and says, here's the last thing I want to tell you before I'm leaving. That's when people, when people are about to die, that's when they get honest. He said, I want you to know the way that you will be healed is that you remember me. The way that you're going to find answers in life is that you remember me. So here's, a, here's what I want to tell you. My grandmother's 92 years old now, and she is still spry. Now, she'll tell you, I don't feel like, I don't know, I feel bad, Jeff. Matter of fact, she said, she said Jeff, you know, I, I want to go to heaven, she said, but I know I can't go until the Lord's ready for me, but I'm ready to go. But that's not always been the story of her life. I grew up in a very, very prejudiced, prejudiced environment. I mean, very prejudiced. And so I was visiting my grandmother a couple weeks ago. And when I was sitting there, I noticed someone come to the doors. And I seen her door was open. It was a glass door. And it was a, an African-American man coming to the door. 
I had flashbacks of when I was a child. I said, oh, God, Lord, let me help. So I got up, went to the door, I opened the door, and I was going to greet the man at the door and just save any kind of embarrassment and just like, you know, I didn't want anything to be said out of the way. And so before, when I opened the door to greet him, he walks in. I'm like, oh, no. No. I mean, it's like slow motion. No. And looks at my grandmother and says, uh, Miss Cooper, how are you? She said, oh, I'm doing so good. Says, you know, I, I just was walking by. I thought I'd say hello. And she says, I know it. She says, I love every time you come and sit with me. I'm going, what? She said, he, she said, are you still praying for me? He said, yes, ma'am. I want you to know I pray for you every day. And, and I just want to just, you know, let you know that I'm here if you ever need anything. And, and she says, uh, thank you so much. And just please come by. And she said, this is my grandson right here. And, and uh, he's visiting with me today. And he said, well, you know what? I'm not going to keep you today since he's here. I'm like, no, stay. <laughs> and so, because uh, I'm watching a miracle. And so then he, he said, no, I'm going to go on. He said, but I'll be back by to see you. She said, please come back as soon as you can. I love it when you come. You know what happened to my grandmother? The meal that heals. Somehow, God reached into her family curse and broke that bitterness of racism that she had. And that day, I got to see it displayed. I'm telling you that Jesus Christ, he said, remember me. No matter what your issue in life is, remember me. And when you remember me, you remember that I can heal any situation. And so today, I want you to pull back that tab. I want you to take out this wafer. <laughs> And as we take this wafer, what we're remembering is this. He said, my body was broken for you. And by the way, Jesus took 39 stripes on his back, and he said, by my stripes, you are healed. Today, as we take this wafer, we are remembering that Jesus is the healing that I need, whether it's relationship, whether it's in my body, whatever it is, he's the healing that I need. Would you take the wafer right now, remembering Jesus? Now, would you pull back the next tab? Remember, this is the last thing Jesus is going to say before he dies to his disciples. He said, remember me. Then he gave them this, and this is juice. He says, as you take this juice, as you take this, I want you to remember me. And this is what I want you to remember, is that when you're so, when you're so guilt-ridden, when, you, when guilt is overwhelming you because of something that you've done, because of a sin that you've committed... When guilt is overriding your conscience, you remember my blood was shed for you and that I paid the price for that sin. And if you said, forgive me, if you've asked the Father to forgive you in my name, you are cleansed. That is not held against you anymore. And today as you take this juice, he said, remember me. We are to remember Jesus. When you keep thinking about you, he said, get your mind off of what you have done and you remember what I did for you and you are cleansed through my blood and to never, that sin to never be held against you. You don't have to carry the guilt anymore. The weight that somebody put on you is broken through my blood. Right now, would you remember 
Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you so much for your gift of your son. Would you do me a favor? Would you stand with me now? We're about to sing a song. I've requested this song. And it talks about a cloud forming and the rains coming. And the rains that we're talking about coming is your healing. Whatever you've been praying about that you think God's forgot about, I want you to know it's coming. And as we sing this song today, I want you, I want you to release all of your faith and you receive the hope that God has for you. Come on. This is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.